0: Section 14 of The History of Minnesota and Tales of the Frontier Part 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit librivox.org. Recording by Andrea K. The History of Minnesota and Tales of the Frontier Part 1 by Charles E. Flandreau. Section 14. The Panic of 1857. Land Titles, The First Newspaper The Panic of 1857 The bubble burst by the announcement of the failure of the Ohio Life Insurance and Trust Company, which reached St. Paul on August 24, 1857. The failure of this financial institution precipitated a panic all over the country. It happened just on the recurrence of the 20-year period which has marked the pecuniary disasters of the country, beginning with 1837. Its effects on Minnesota were extremely disastrous. The eastern creditors demanded their money, and the Minnesota debtors paid as long as a dollar remained in the country. And all means of borrowing more being cut off, a most remarkable condition of things resulted cities like st paul and st anthony having a population of several thousands each were absolutely without money to carry on the necessary commercial functions a temporary remedy was soon discovered by every merchant and shopkeeper issuing tickets marked good for one dollar at my store and every fractional part of a dollar down to five cents this device tided the people for a while, but scarcely any business establishment in the territory weathered the storm, and many people who had considered themselves beyond the chance of disaster were left without resources of any kind and hopelessly bankrupt. The distress was great and universal, but it was bravely met and finally overcome dreadful as this affliction was to almost every one in the territory it turned out to be a blessing in disguise it compelled the people to abandon speculation and seek honest labor in the cultivation of the soil and the development of the splendid resources that generous nature had bestowed upon the country Farms were open by the thousands, everybody went to work, and in ten or a dozen years, Minnesota had a surplus of 40 millions of bushels of wheat with which to supply the hungry world. Land Titles all the lands of Minnesota were the property of the United States, and title to them could only be obtained through the regular methods of preemption, townsite entry, public sales, or private entries. One event occurred on August 14, 1848, which illustrates so clearly the way in which Western men protect their rights that I will relate it. The recognized price of public lands was one dollar and a quarter per acre, and all pioneer settlers were willing to pay that sum. But when a public sale was made, anyone could bid whatever he was willing to pay. Under the administration of President Polk, a public sale of lands was ordered to be made at the land office at St. Croix Falls, of lands lying partly in Minnesota and partly in Wisconsin the lands advertised for sale included those embraced in st paul and st anthony the settlers selected henry h sibley as their trustee to buy their lands for them to be conveyed to them subsequently it was a high offense under the united states laws to do any act that would tend to prevent persons bidding at the sales mr sibley appeared at the sale and bid off every tract of land that was occupied by an actual settler at the price of a dollar twenty five per acre the general in a paper he read before the historical society says of this affair i was selected by the actual settlers to bid off portions of the land for them and when the hour for business arrived my seat was universally surrounded by a number of men with huge bludgeons what was meant by the proceeding i could of course only surmise but i would not have envied the fate of the individual who would have ventured to bid against me it has always been assumed in the far west and I think justly that the pioneers who first settle the land and give it value should enjoy every advantage that flows from such priority, and the violation of laws that impede such opportunity is a very venial offense. So universal was the confidence reposed in Mr. Sibley that many of the French settlers— the title to whose lands became vested in him by his purchase at this sale, insisted that it should remain in him, and he found it quite difficult in many cases to get them to accept deeds from him. THE FIRST NEWSPAPER Although the first message of the governor went a great way in introducing Minnesota to the world, she was particularly fortunate in the establishment of her first newspapers the stillwater convention of eighteen forty eight of which i have spoken first suggested to dr a randall who was an attache of dr owen's geological corps then engaged in a survey of this region by order of the government the necessity of a newspaper for the new territory he was possessed of the means and enterprise to accomplish the then rather difficult undertaking and was promised ample support by leading men of the territory he returned to his home in Cincinnati in the fall of 1848, intending to purchase the plant and start the paper that year, but the navigation of the rivers closed earlier than usual, and he was foiled in his attempt. He, however, set up his press in Cincinnati, and got out a number or two of his paper there. It was then called the Minnesota Register, and appeared as of the date of April twenty-seventh, 1849, and as printed in St. Paul it was in fact printed in cincinnati about two weeks earlier it contained valuable articles from the pens of h h sibley and henry m rice these articles added to mr randall's extensive knowledge of the country made the first issue a great local success it was the first Minnesota paper ever published, and bears date just one day ahead of the Pioneer, subsequently published by James M. Goodhue, which was actually printed in the territory. Dr. Randall did not carry out his intention, but was caught in the California vortex and did not return to Minnesota. James M. Goodhue of Lancaster, Wisconsin, who was editing the Wisconsin Herald when he heard of the Organization of the New Territory, immediately decided to start a paper in St. Paul, and as soon as navigation opened in the spring of 1849, he came up with his press and type. He met with many difficulties and obstructions necessarily incident to a new place in a venture such as was his, but he succeeded in issuing the first number of his paper on the 28th day of April, 1849. His first inclination was to call his paper the Epistle of St. Paul, but on sober reflection he was convinced that the name might shock the religious sensibilities of the community, especially as he did not possess many of the attributes of our patron saint, and he decided to call his paper the Minnesota Pioneer. In his first issue, he speaks of his establishment of that day as follows we print and issue this number of the pioneer in a building through which out of doors is visible by more than five hundred apertures and as for our type it is not safe from being pied on the galleys by the wind the rest can be imagined mr goodhue was just the man to be the editor of the first paper of a frontier territory he was energetic enterprising brilliant bold and belligerent he conducted the Pioneer with great success and advantage to the territory until the year 1851, when he published an article on Judge Cooper censuring him for absenteeism, which is a very good specimen of the editorial style of that day. He called the judge a sot, a brute, an ass, a profligate vagabond, and closed his article in the following language. Feeling some resentment for the wrongs our territory has so long suffered by these men, pressing upon us like a dispensation of wrath, a judgment, a curse, a plague, unequaled since Egypt went lousy. We sat down to write this article with some bitterness, but our very gall is honey to what they deserve. In those fighting days, such an article could not fail to produce a personal collision. A brother of Judge Cooper resented the attack, and in the encounter between them, Goodhue was badly stabbed and Cooper was shot. Neither wound proved fatal at the time, but it was always asserted by the friends of each combatant, and generally believed, that they both died from the effects of these wounds. The original Minnesota Pioneer still lives in the Pioneer Press of today, which is published in St. Paul. It has been continued under several names and edited by different men, but has never been extinguished or lost its relation of lineal descendant from the original pioneer nothing tends to show the phenomenal growth of minnesota more than the fact that this first newspaper issued in eighteen forty nine has been followed by the publication of five hundred seventy nine papers which is the number now issued in the state according to the last official list obtainable they appear daily weekly and monthly in nearly all written languages english french german swedish norwegian danish bohemian and one in icelandic published in lion county end of section 14 recording by andrea k